Welcome to the Northeastern Next podcast, your channel for the latest alumni stories in Boston and beyond. In this show, we'll catch up with Northeastern alumni who are out there achieving what's next. In hearing culture, American Sign Language and the deaf community remain a mystery to many. But some hearing individuals have dedicated their careers and personal lives as advocates and interpreters for the deaf. We'll hear from Madeline Eames and Tom Lauterborn, both Northeastern alumni and skilled hearing ASL interpreters, who have both discovered a career path and interest in deaf culture. Thanks for being here, Madeline and Tom. Um, Thanks for having us. I'm excited to kind of, we've had a few offline conversations about this in the past few weeks, and I'm excited to, you know, share it with a wider audience and tell us a little bit what it's like to be hearing interpreters for the deaf community. Yeah, thank you again for having us. Um, I think just before we get started, I just want to put out there that um, although we work closely with the deaf community and with American Sign Language, we don't claim to be sort of experts uh, on either one of those subjects. So we just want to make it known that we can't speak for deaf people um, and their experiences working with interpreters like us or using American Sign Language as their primary language. And we can't really speak to what it's like to be a part of the deaf community. Um, we're just really lucky that we're allowed into their world. So we just want to make that known before we start. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what's so interesting when I started talking with you guys about your careers and your your connection to this. And so really this is about your story and how you really got into being interpreters and obviously they're needed in, in the deaf community. And um, Madeline, I wanted to first ask you what your, what your personal connection is. Sure. Um, so my first exposure to a deaf person was my late grandmother. She became deaf in her 40s suddenly and unfortunately she never was able to learn sign language it was just she was too old at that point to pick up on a new language so she relied a lot on lip reading which was challenging for her so um she was my first exposure to somebody who had to be deaf in a hearing world and all the challenges especially with socialization that she faced there so um I was very curious about being deaf, about sign language, and I would pick her brain about it. And she would buy me books on ASL to teach myself the alphabet, things like that. So she would encourage my budding interest. And Tom, how about you? Um, yeah, so similarly to uh, Madeline, my grandparents were deaf. Um, my mom is also an interpreter in New York. Um, and I should mention that my grandparents were deaf, but they uh, also were deaf from a young age, so they knew American Sign Language. Um, they went to schools for the deaf and used ASL as their primary language. I did learn, at, because they were deaf, I did learn at a younger age how to sign a few things. Um, I wasn't fluent at all, but I, I knew some vocabulary items, and I could more or less understand my grandparents when they signed to me. My mother actually had a really close relationship with my grandparents, so they'd be around a lot. And I remember when I was a kid, I'd frequently ask my mother to tell grandma this or tell grandpa that. And she, which she would do sometimes for me, but she was much more of a, she, she wanted more so to foster a relationship, a direct relationship between me and my grandparents. Um, so a lot of times she would show me how to sign what I wanted to tell them and then she'd have me go over and actually tell them and, and directly relay that to them. Um, 
So I didn't always like that as a kid, but now I'm a lot more appreciative that she did that. For yeah, sure. I can see you had some personal motivation to learn sign language because you want to, you know, communicate directly with your grandparents. So yeah. talk me through, um, we'll start with you, Madeline, sure. your journey to learn American Sign Language and, you know, how did you get where you are today? Yeah, so I wasn't as lucky as Tom to be exposed <laughs> as a child because that obviously makes things a lot easier. But I finally enrolled in my first ASL class when I was about a senior in high school, just at a local community college, just for fun because it was interesting me all those years. And I loved it. But it was a time where I was off to college and I had already had my list of schools I wanted to go to and none of them had interpreting or ASL programs. So I went to college. I went to American University in Washington, D.C. and I studied psychology. But I also dabbled in ASL on the side. So there's actually a deaf university in Washington, D.C. It's called Gallaudet University. And it's really cool because the entire campus, the primary language is ASL. So I took some classes while I was in D.C. already there. And then I, I graduated in 2011 with my bachelor's. And at that time, I was just still getting a pull towards ASL interpreting. And that was the only thing pulling me. So... I immediately went right back to school. I um, enrolled in a two-year full-time interpreting program at Northern Essex Community College, which is in Haverhill, Mass. So I moved back home. My parents are also on the North Shore near there, so that was convenient. Mm -hmm. And I did this full two-year program. Um, but when I graduated, as is true of any graduate of any interpreting program, I was not ready to interpret. You're still new and awkward and still even learning the language. I mean, Tom and I would say today we're still learning the language. It's a forever learning process. So um, so I mentored with interpreters. I worked at um, a nonprofit in their deaf and hard of hearing department. And then finally, that's when I started working here at Northeastern. In uh, 2014, I got a job in the ASL department. Um, for the, as the administrative assistant for the National Interpreter Education Center. And this was the one of the many grants that we've had in the ASL department over the years, and it's the first of three different grant-funded projects that I've worked for at Northeastern since I've been here. Um, but just to add, so that same year, I believe 2014, is when I passed the Massachusetts State Screening, which is an entry-level interpreting exam that we happen to offer here in Massachusetts. So that meant I was approved to start working as an interpreter. So I slowly started building up those skills and accepting more work, but I've always been working full time. So I've always just done interpreting as a side job. And then just to add, I also entered the MBA program here in 2015, the part-time MBA program, and I graduated in June 2018. So it's been a solid three and a half years. That's exciting. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, Madeline and I met during that yes. program, and I still have a little bit more to go. We'll be done in December, but... Oh, you'll get there soon <laughs> enough. I know. It's it's such a crazy feeling, but I'm. it was exhausting, as mm -hmm. I'm sure you can relate, but I'm so glad I did it. Mm -hmm. It's a good program. <laughs> yeah. Tom, tell me a little <laughs> bit about your journey um, in learning ASL. I obviously learned from it as a kid, but how'd you learn more? Yeah, so uh, like I said, my grandparents were deaf and used American Sign Language, so I was lucky enough to start learning from them. Um, but I actually came to Northeastern as a freshman. I was a biology major on a pre-med track, and I wanted to go on to med school. But during my sophomore year, I was told that there were ASL classes on campus, and that Northeastern had an ASL program, an interpreting program. So I decided to just take a class. I actually had to take a placement test, since I already knew some, some ASL. So they placed me into an intermediate level, and 
I didn't realize at that at that time that the ASL program at Northeastern is actually one of the one of the better ones in the country, one of the best in the country actually. So uh, after taking a few classes, I realized how much I really enjoyed ASL and deaf culture. After talking with my awesome ASL professors, um, I decided to major in American Sign Language and English interpreting. And then I wanted to still pursue the pre-med track, which basically means that you take all the prerequisites for med school. So I ended up doing that. And then after graduation, I applied for a staff interpreter position here. Uh, it's also the administrative assistant position at the ASL program. And I've been here since. Um, I work as a part-time freelance interpreter in Boston as well. And then after doing that for a few years, I enrolled in the master's program here, Masters of Science in Leadership and a concentration in nonprofit management. Just graduated in June, so I'm excited about With that. Two new masters in the house. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'd love to work with a nonprofit in the future, hopefully. Yeah, and then you told me um, before that, kind of you both mentioned this, how once you learn American Sign Language, it's a constant practice. You're constantly improving, yes. and you're not necessarily ready to be interpreters right away. Right. So Tom, you just received another certification, right? recently he did <laughs> yep. so i just um so i i did the certification that Mad madeline men mentioned a few years back i think 2016 um and i just passed the national certification national interpreter certification also known as the nic which basically just certifies you to interpret nationally um so it's it's the final step you gotta hit mm -hmm. as an interpreter uh tom's hit it it's amazing i'm so happy for him i'm hoping i'll hit it soon oh yeah <laughs> And so, Tom, just to follow up, um, you mentioned that Northeastern's is top American Sign Language program. I've worked here for many years now, and I didn't even know that. As someone who both studied here, worked here for a while, and um, how does this Northeastern network and you know experience really helped you get where you are? You now have your certification. You're kind of you know ready to move on from that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I know, and you know, you mentioned that. Um, you didn't realize that it was one of the, it's one of the top programs here. That's really unfortunate because I mm -hmm. wish I think a lot of people have that experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that that's something that we offer here at Northeastern. So I would love it if we could somehow increase the visibility of the, the program. Somehow. Hopefully through this podcast. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think overall there's like nothing like Northeastern's network particularly the alumni and staff and faculty of the ASL program that I graduated from as an undergrad. All of them are so supportive of current students, recent grads. Um, uh, a lot of times too, I think if you're, once you graduate, it's so easy for you to find an ASL mentor or an interpreting mentor based on our network that we have in, our, in the ASL program. The Boston Deaf community also is an awesome network that my Northeastern network really helped me to connect with. I mean, I can honestly say I wouldn't be an interpreter right now if it wasn't for my deaf professors, the local Boston Deaf community, Deaf Friends, and the ASL program alumni because they're just so supportive and really, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to learn this language without the Deaf community. So there's a ton of resources that we have created through past grant projects in the ASL program. Um, one resource that I think is great if anyone's interested in ASL interpreting is discoverinterpreting.com. It's a great resource for anyone who might be interested or wants to find out some programs that they can attend. If anyone in the Boston area wants to learn ASL, I'd recommend going to Deaf Inc. in Austin, Massachusetts. That's another great resource. It's a nonprofit that 
is a multi-service agency run for and by deaf people. They have ASL community classes there. So if anyone's interested, definitely reach out. That's something that we work with a lot at Northeastern, that nonprofit. So That's really great to know. And we'll definitely plug those resources again um, for anyone who's scribbling it down <laughs> right now, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> And so, Madeline, um, a couple weeks ago, um, I had the opportunity to help you with one of these grant projects through the Center for Atypical Language Interpreting, known as CALI. Yes. Um, and so I didn't – this is kind of where this story of, of talking with you both really started because yeah. I was walking into this room. Um, you needed someone to be an interviewer who didn't know any sign language. So we had been classmates, and I was definitely agreed to it. And that experience of being a complete communication minority was – very uncomfortable at first, um, and but also very powerful, and I didn't expect it to be so much. And it's something that deaf people experience every day. I walk right. in a room, maybe 30 people signing to each other, and I had no intel of what was going on or really anything um, of how to communicate back. Yep. And so I was lucky, Tom, you were actually my interpreter for the day, um, so I could still feel very connected to the group. Um, I know you mentioned to me that this was interesting that interpreters aren't supposed to talk about their work but from my experience it was very very helpful and I was wildly impressed because it it was constant chatter I mean chatter silent chatter um (laughs) imagine and then Tom's whispering this in real time in my ear and I still felt one of your uh colleagues told a joke and you still and I, I laughed at it in real time but it wasn't laughing at what Tom was saying I was laughing at what she was you know, communicating through sign language. And I thought that was really powerful and it really opened my eyes of what interpreters are able to really accomplish and what you guys all strive to do. So I wanted to give you that compliment because it was very impressive and you did it for like two hours and you must have been exhausted. <laughs> and, awesome. and then you also were able to <clears throat> interpret for me when I could share my experience with the group, which is also very, very powerful. And so, yeah, yeah, Madeline, tell me a little bit about that. Um, sure, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about Callie, just to um, make it clear what, what Megan was doing there. Um, <laughs> so we had our first cohort of professional interpreter trainees come to Boston for the week to do an intensive classroom and practical application kind of experience, and you were part of a mm-hmm. mock interpreting scenario. So that's uh, why you were part of that, and we're so glad you were. It was so fun to have you, and... I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad mm-hmm. it was like a powerful experience for you. But anyway, um, so yes, I work for Cali here on Northeastern's campus, which is um, a federal grant that's funded by the Department of Education Rehabilitation Services Administration. And it just launched in January 2017. So we're about a year and a half in now. And our mission is to address the growing demand for ASL interpreters to have specialized skills serving deaf and deafblind people with atypical language. So that concept is very complex. I can just like briefly touch on it, but atypical language can be the result of many different factors. For example, um, having an intellectual or developmental disability, having any sort of physical disability, let's say like a stroke where you can't use one arm, you can't use facial expressions, having any mental health issues, let's say schizophrenia, language deprivation, socialization deprivation, moving to the U.S. from a different country and having that foreign sign language but not ASL yet, so having some sort of language intrusion in your production of ASL. There's so many factors that can cause someone's language to be atypical in some form. The point of Cali is to develop a curriculum for 
professional interpreters who are already working, already certified out there to improve their skills working with all of these diverse populations. Yeah, that's amazing. And well, this is the Northeastern Next podcast. So my favorite question to ask is what's next for you? And Madeline, I think you have a very exciting (laughs) adventure ahead. So I'll let you start. Yeah, um, I'm moving to New Zealand. (laughs) The end of the month, right? (laughs) Um, uh, Next month. So yeah, Yeah. just about one month away. I've already quit my job here (laughs) in Northeastern. As much as I've loved it, this is my boyfriend and I are doing this. We're moving to New Zealand for one year. We got a working holiday visa. And it's been his dream forever, and I graduated, I'm Mm -hmm. done with school, so now's the time to just go on this adventure. So we're obviously very excited. But um, as far as when I get back to the States a year from now, um, I'm not totally certain where I'll end up, but um, I would like to find a way to put my MBA to use. I do love ASL, I love interpreting, I love the deaf community, but I have so many other interests that I feel like I will always stay involved in that in some way, but I'd like to pursue other career paths mm-hmm. at the same time. My work at Cali has kind of sparked my interest in education um, and particularly building curriculum for higher ed or professional studies. So that's something I might pursue. But then also, um, I was really inspired by my last class of the MBA that we took together, (laughs) um, Leadership for Environmental Sustainability with Ray Andre. That was just such a powerful class about climate change. And I would love to find a way to work in one of those sectors, like in sustainability or green energy, perhaps to feel like I can put my MBA to good use for this planet. (laughs) But um, and then also like I, I work as a project coordinator now. I really enjoy that role. I think project management suits me well, maybe something along those lines. Um, I also really enjoy operations and logistics, and maybe I would even consider consulting. I don't know. It's all open right now. There's so many options, (laughs) I think you'll succeed in wherever you end up, and (laughs) that's exciting. And Tom, what are you up to next? So, I swear we both really do love Northeastern. (laughs) The timing's Um, a little The timing's a little rough, but um, I will also be leaving Northeastern in a few weeks. Um, Sorry. (laughs) You've been here quite a while. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm actually in a few weeks looking to shift gears over to full-time freelance interpreting in the Boston area still. But there's such a demand for interpreters really across the United mm-hmm. States, but here in Boston as well, that I feel like I would just be have more of an impact by working as a full-time freelance interpreter. Eventually, I'd love to put my master's to, to use as well, um, hopefully joining some sort of nonprofit related to the deaf community. Mm-hmm but I'm not really sure. Maybe you guys can start one together. Yeah. <laughs> Use your skills. That's yeah, true. Right. <laughs> With some deaf people. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Leaders, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have a few minutes left. Um, I'd love to ask you just a little speed round question at the end of what is your favorite Northeastern memory? All right. Well, um, one that comes to mind for me is seeing Amy Poehler speak here. That was during a homecoming. It was. It was. I was there, too. Oh, I loved it. I love her. And she was interviewed by Meghna Chakrabarty from uh, WBUR here. And I also love her. So there was like two celebrities for me. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I I didn't see Amy Poehler. (laughs) You should Um, have. I know. I know. Um, So, yeah, I can think back to one time in undergrad, um, I went to a Springfest concert which had Third Eye Blind, which I was a huge nice. fan back then. So that it's a good fun. like throwback fan yeah. that everyone can get behind. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was really great talking to you and learning more about your work as interpreters. I think it's really fascinating. And again, I'll share those resources for our alumni audience. Great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this is thank fun. Thank you. Thank you. 
This episode is presented in memory of Professor Dennis Coakley, who sadly passed away in August. Dennis was an exceptional colleague, mentor, scholar, and teacher who leaves a significant legacy in the deaf and American Sign Language interpreting communities. He is deeply missed by the Northeastern family. I hope you have enjoyed Season 1 of the Northeastern Next podcast. Remember to subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes released in 2019. Please reach out with any questions, comments, or ideas for next guests. My contact information is listed on the website, alumni.northeastern.edu slash next. Wishing everyone a happy holiday season, and we'll be back in the new year.